from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. This is a completely uncared for community. Looking forward to the summer, warmer weather. Um, now the first indication or response or interest that the city has given us is to evict us. So I asked St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones about these clearances when she was on our show on Tuesday. And do you feel like there are beds for the estimate is maybe 25 people or more coming out of these four camps that are getting shut down? Yes, there are enough beds. The mayor's lying. <laughs> Let us sleep on her couch. I personally no longer feel proud about her administration. There are not enough shelter beds. That hotel overlooks the main encampment. Do you think there's something driving this beyond the actual conditions in these camps? I'm Sarah Fenske. Four more homeless encampments in St. Louis have been given orders to vacate. They need to do it by May 2nd. The city has cited poor health conditions in the camps, saying that they have both safety and sanitation concerns. The camps being evicted include a long-standing tent village on the riverfront at the entrance to the old President Casino on Laclede's Landing. The other three are near the viaduct at I-44 and Cole Street near the Rams' old stadium. Yesterday, our producer Kayla Drake stopped by the riverfront camp. She spoke with a resident who gave his name only as JB. He said he's been staying at the encampment for two and a half years, ever since losing his job. And while barges and trains shuttled along the Mississippi, he told Kayla how he first learned about the eviction notices. About six to seven uniformed officers accompanied by, um, I would say, social workers, uh, unannounced, no uh, warning, uh, came through the camp and just started hanging up uh, these orange uh, laminated posters stating that we had 10 days to vacate. Now, JB told Kayla that the interaction left him confused. He said he hasn't been offered a housing voucher, and he refuses to go to a shelter because of rules that include 6 p.m. curfews and alcohol bans. Their only alternative for us is shelters, which I have advised uh, the residents of the ROC to uh, turn down for the simple reason that the stringent requirements and structure in which um, we have to abide to uh, gain access, uh, outdated and um, unrealistic. For now, J.B. is staying on at the Riverfront Encampment, which he calls the ROC. J.B. says he's disappointed that this is the camp's first interaction with the city's Department of Human Services. We survived the, 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 the dog days of winter uh, when nobody from the city, the mayor's office, seemed to uh, show any interest in our well-being at all. And now that, uh, you know, we survived that together, looking forward to the summer, warmer weather, um, now the first indication or response or interest that the city has given us is to evict us. Now, JB says he prefers the encampment to a shelter because it provides him with community. There are some people that could not imagine surviving this close to the water, frigid temperatures, 
and yet um, it speaks to the character and the credibility of the people that choose to call this place home, that they would rather stay here and tough out the dog days of winter together than uh, use the resources that the city provide or limited resources, I should say, that the city would provide because they know ultimately that this would lead them right back to where they started. Now, JB told our producer he's tried to reach out to the mayor to halt the eviction, but he has not been successful. He said he wants long-term solutions to housing, not just temporary shelter. And joining us now with her perspective is Ramona Curtis. She is the founder of Unhoused STL, which advocates for people dealing with homelessness. Ramona, welcome back. Thank you. So Kayla was down at the camp yesterday. Have you been able to visit lately? I have. I was down there a couple of days ago myself, and I had a chance to talk to some of the um, people that live down there. And what did you hear from them? How are they dealing with this notice to vacate? Mm -hmm. A lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear. Um, They are feeling like their lifestyle, their homes are being threatened because they are. Evictions are violence, and they are their human rights are being violated right now. They were given 10 days' notice. Um, they have nowhere to go. They don't know what they're going to do. Um, they are confused and frightened, and it is really a travesty how we have decided to treat this community. So you mentioned 10 days' notice. Do you feel like that's enough time? It's not enough time for anybody. Um, It's not anybody, even if you have a job and you are renting from a landlord, you're given at least 30 days' notice. These are people with limited resources. How are they going to figure it out in 10 days? They have zero support as far as we see. We see, I've heard, I have not seen people I've heard people say that there are um, social workers or case managers visiting them. Um, I've also heard that there is shelter. I know that to be untrue. That there is not shelter that has room for these people. There is no shelter for these people. So I asked St. Louis Mayor uh, Mayor Tashara Jones about these clearances when she was on our show on Tuesday. And I asked her specifically about that question, the idea that the camps were being cleared when advocates were saying there weren't enough beds to hold everybody who would need them. And here's what she said. Um, Actually, we have more shelter beds than pre-pandemic. So I don't know where that information is coming from, that we don't have enough shelter beds. And, you know, our Department of Human Services, under the leadership of uh, Dr. Yusuf Scoggin, has been uh, fantastic in trying to make sure that uh, we work with our unhoused neighbors to, uh, to not only get them into shelter beds, but also we're trying to get them into permanent and supportive housing. So, the, you know, the shelter is just the first stop. We want to make sure that we uh, treat our unhoused neighbors with dignity and respect and make them whole again. Um, and so uh, that means, uh, you know, some changes to how we've been dealing with providers. We also want to take a lot of the burden off of providers' shoulders as well. So getting our, our unhoused neighbors into permanent supportive housing is the ultimate goal. And do you feel like there are beds for the estimate is maybe 25 people or more coming out of these four camps that are getting shut down? Yes, there are enough beds. So that is St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones. She was speaking on this show on Tuesday. Ramona Curtis, your response to that? Um, we, we, meaning the providers, know for a fact that there are not enough shelter beds. Um, two city 
owned shelters on Gamble and Cherokee just recently closed their doors. The Lincoln Hotel, which was run by St. Patrick's Center, just closed their doors. That probably closed close to 100 shelter beds, I'm estimating. Um, So we already know that there have been some city-owned, city-financed, city-supported facilities that have closed. There have been no new facilities that have opened, so we know that there are no shelter beds. But even if there were shelter beds, the system is temporary. We're talking about a community that is stationary, a community that is stable. They've been in these neighborhoods for, I've heard this last, somebody told me the other day, about five years, quietly. Um, They have a place to go to every day where their medicine, their family photos, um, their lives are. When we start talking talking about shelter living, we're talking about um, instability. We're talking about every day trying to find a bed somewhere, every morning getting up and taking all your stuff and going someplace, figuring it out all day, and then repeat that same night trying to find a bed. Why would I prefer that lifestyle to living in a community, a neighborhood, where my stuff is there, my friends are there, my family is there, and my stability is there? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about stable neighborhoods. I mean, imagine if we were right now talking about the eviction of a whole neighborhood block. Mm-hmm. That's, we heard that they were just going to bulldoze um, all the houses on a certain street we would be literally destroying a St. Louis neighborhood. That's what we're doing right now. So when, when Kayla Drake visited yesterday, um, you know, she spoke to JB. He said that this was his first interaction with city officials is after they posted these eviction notices. At that point, they sent the health department. When you've been down there, um, do you have a sense that these conditions are, are squalid, that this is a dangerous situation that they're in? Or as you say, is this more of a neighborhood? If the city health department had issues with health, they're not doing anything to mitigate it. Um, they have the ability to bring hand washing stations, porta potties, dumpsters, just like any other neighborhood. They could bring trash dumpster, dumpsters, excuse me, and allow um, these citizens to dump their trash, and then they could have regular collections. Um, They could bring hand-washing stations, which we asked for during COVID. They could bring mobile showers. They could bring porta-potties. There are ways to mitigate any health concerns that you have. They have failed to do that. So why are you complaining about health concerns when you're not in any way supporting this community with their health needs? So we should note one of the residents that that Kayla talked to yesterday, this is a woman named Trina Scott. We'll hear from her in just a moment. Um, She said that residents had asked the city for a dumpster. At one point, they did get one, but it's not being regularly collected. And so that speaks to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Trina, so Trina is another person Kayla Drake talked to on the site. And she told Kayla that she became homeless when the coronavirus pandemic hit two years ago. The moment that the virus came, took over, um, I lost my job, um, housing. Um, I was unable to uh, pay rent and stuff, so I got put out, of course. 
And Trina said she previously stayed at the McGuire Warehouse encampment, but that was evicted in January of 2021 because it was on private property. She's made the riverfront camp near Laclede's Landing her home for the past six months. And when she learned about the eviction notice, she said she felt lost. She couldn't help but start to tidy up the camp. A friend of mine asked me, he said, uh, Tink, why are you uh, spending so much of your time? Why are you cleaning up? Why are you the only one out here cleaning up? I said, because I want to save my home. It may be a tent to somebody else, but it's my home. You know what I'm saying? I can't afford bills right now. I can't afford six, $700 a month of rent for a landlord. Because all them places they're throwing us are trash. They're trash. They're full of roaches. They can't even keep up the maintenance. They're just throwing us anywhere. And Trina said she would rather stay in her tent. She's made a bed for herself. She has a shelf full of canned goods. She has two bar stools that make a countertop. The city has promised to store camp residents' belongings, but Trina doesn't believe they'll actually do that. You can't just come and boot people out that have been here for six months. Our tents are built like homes. We have kitchens, we have bedrooms. You know what I'm saying? The city says, oh, well, we'll tag your stuff up and just throw it in, put it in a, a, a storage somewhere. No, you're not. The moment I give you my stuff, I'm never gonna see it again. I'm no fool. You're not playing with no dummy. I'm 43 years old. And trust me, I've been on these streets since I was nine. And Trina said she has been homeless on and off since she was young. She didn't have a stable home life. And now she has 10 days to move out of the camp or find a new home yet again. Trina says that's just not enough time to find adequate housing besides temporary shelters. Did I tell you? Oh, it takes a year, not 10 days, to place us anywhere. They're not really thinking about the bigger picture of this. If you just want us to clean up and hide behind the wall, we have no problem with that. No problem whatsoever. But we have nowhere to go. And that's Trina Scott. And she told our producer people are just going to end up sleeping on sidewalks again. Ramona, do you think she's right with that prediction? Um, yes, they're not going to be sleeping on sidewalks again. They're going to continue sleeping on sidewalks. Um, they're just going to have to figure out those sidewalks where they won't be seen for a while until they're discovered and terrorized again. We're talking today to Ramona Curtis. She is the founder of Unhoused STL, sharing her perspective on the four homeless encampments that the city has said need to leave by May 2nd. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation with Ramona. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.
Welcome back. We're talking today about the orders that the city and MoDOT have given to vacate four different homeless camps that are near downtown St. Louis. They're along the riverfront and also along I-44 and the viaduct. And Ramona, when Kayla was at these camps yesterday, the big question she kept hearing is why this is happening now. You know, as JB mentioned, the health department didn't even show up to look around until after the eviction notices were posted. And some residents have questioned whether it's pressure from nearby businesses. Couldn't help but note that Horseshoe Casino has its grand reopening in May. Hmm. This is a rebrand from the Lumiere Casino. That hotel overlooks the main encampment. Do you think there's something driving this beyond the actual conditions in these camps? Absolutely. Um, I'm not really in the position to speak on the, the bigger picture as to what the reason is that they are removing the, these encampments. But we know that they're not giving us the truth about why they're doing it. We know they, that it's not health conditions. Um, this is a community that's been around for a while, so there's nothing new that's happened within this community all of a sudden to make this happen. So um, I definitely think it may have something to do with big business driving this decision. Um, I also think it has something to do with the anti-homeless feeling downtown. Um, recently, the um, there's an organization that actually was on my Twitter page talking about how they applauded this move. Um, it was, I don't want to misstate, but I think it was the, the new CID, the downtown CID. Um, and there's a lot of actually anti-homeless hostility. Um, people don't want homeless people in their neighborhoods. And the downtown... Um, district has made that clear. Um, also, the ward aldermans are making it clear that they don't want homeless people in neighborhoods. Um, the ARPA funding that happened a few months ago, there were about 13 of the 28 wards that actually put wording in the legislation to say they don't want tent encampments in their ward. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a recent board resolution 201 that talks about not having shelters in the city at all unless they meet zoning requirements and just a lot of hostility. And even the writing, that was um, a resolution that was sponsored by Ward 1 Alderman Sharon Tyus. And I would really recommend people go and read that piece of legislation or that resolution because that really gives you some insight into what our aldermen think about our unhoused community, what some of them think. Um, Lastly, there's a state proposal that's talking about um, disbanding tent encampments, um, sweeping tent encampments, making it difficult for cities to have these tent encampments. And every anti-homeless legislation or resolution or proposal that comes out does not hardly ever offer any solutions. It's get rid of them, but don't tell them where to go. What I've said before is that they want them dispersed, but they can't disappear them. Yeah, I mean, one of the solutions that the city had talked about and was apparently prepared to put some money behind was this idea of an intentional encampment to say, we're going to provide resources so you can have sanitation and so that this place will be something where it doesn't have safety type concerns. Um, You know, the idea was that might even be located down near where this unintentional encampment is. And Alderman James Page basically said, I don't want that in my ward. That's a feeling among many people on the Board of Aldermen. It's a feeling among many residents of St. Louis, as you say. 
Well, you know, and I have to say what the the aldermen are elected to represent their constituents. I don't know if that alderman said, I don't want this in my ward, or maybe did he say, my constituents don't want this That's, in my I ward. I think that is a better characterization. Thank you for that correction. Yeah. They're elected officials. So what this really is about is checking ourselves individually. Why do we not want them in our wards? Why do we not want to see them? Why do we choose to um, see them as invisible, as unworthy, as people that don't deserve homes. You know, if we collectively pressured our aldermen into doing something about our fellow citizens, if we said, you guys have to find these people homes, they find these people homes because that's what their constituents wanted. So we can put that pressure on our elected officials, and we should, but what kind of pressure are we putting on them? Are we telling them to make those people go away, or are we telling them to help those people? These are some really good questions, Ramona, and I think I know what the answer to that is, and I think you're right. That's what's driving this. Um, Look, this is not the first encampment eviction that has happened during Mayor Jones' administration. I think a um, a lot of advocates for the homeless had been very critical of her predecessor, Mayor Lida Krusen, but now the Jones administration has also evicted a camp at Interco Plaza, which is right across from the new Square headquarters. That's all now fenced off. Do you think the Jones administration has been better on on homelessness issues than the Cruson administration was? So the Interco tent encampment disbandment, personally for me, was just heartbreaking um, because I supported um, Mayor Jones. Um, I'm very proud as a black woman that she is our first um, female African-American mayor. Um, and I wanted to continue feeling proud about her administration. I personally no longer feel proud about her administration. When she disbanded, when her administration disbanded that encampment, that sent a message to me that it was business as usual, that they were going to continue doing the same things that they've been doing before. And I was disappointed Um, not just because she is a new mayor, but, you know, she's actually on a HUD committee. You know, when HUD got this ARPA funding, they put this big um, initiative out there. We're going to start doing things differently about how we handle our homelessness situation. Mm -hmm. We're going to appoint these people, these progressive mayors that care about this this topic, and we're going to make this federal committee where we start doing different progressive things. Well, She's been in office maybe a year now, and it appears that she is doing the same stuff that other administrations have been doing, and that is very disappointing. The other thing, reason it's disappointing is that, you know, for years they've been saying they can't help homeless people because they're broke. Well, they've got all this ARPA funding now, right? So why are they not spending this ARPA funding? Um, they, can't, they can no longer use that. Um, they don't have money. Um, they can't say that they never said they cared about unhoused people because when the mayor ran, you know, the unhoused provider community actually invited her to a forum, and she said many supportive things. Well, we are going to hold her accountable to those things now. So one of the things she said when she was on this show is that the goal is to get people out of these kind of environments. Living down on the river is hard, that we want to get people into transitional housing and something more permanent. From the breakup of this previous camp and, you know, other homeless people in the city looking for places to go, are people finding transitional housing? Are we making that transition? Absolutely not. This is a completely uncared for community. 
Um, what we are doing is expecting each individual person to figure it out day by day by themselves. Some people get into systems like, for instance, St. Patrick's Center, which is a great place, and they're doing the best they can. Um, so some people can get into that system. They can get these housing vouchers that take months and months and months. Um, there's, there are some resources for some people, but there are no resources, no resources for too many people. Um, this is a community that is simply not being supported by our public officials or our public dollars. And I also want to add, you know, that ARPA money, that was given to the city. Um, that's taxpayers' money where we said to our public officials, we want you to spend it on homelessness services. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is what we asked them to do, and they're not doing it. So I spoke to Alderwoman Christine Ingracia this morning. She's someone who's taken a great interest in mm -hmm. these issues, has tried to advocate for homeless people. She said, at minimum, the city needs to tell residents more than just that they're being evicted. You know, they need to know clear options. They need to know where they'll be able to put their stuff. And that's something that we also heard from Trina. Um, at this point, are you aware that the city has offered specifics on this front? Like, here's where it will be. Here's where you'll be able to get it. Things like that. Their belongings? Yes. No. I've heard what they've told people. Um, when you are telling, when you're in the middle of an act of violence, when you're actually, you know, the last time I saw an, a city-led eviction, they were literally bulldozing people's belongings and putting them into dumpsters that had City of St. Louis on the side of those dumpsters. How are you going to believe that the people that will do this to you are now going to take care of those belongings when they have shown over and over again that they do not respect these people or their belongings? I personally don't have any trust that they're going to take care of their belongings, but let's see. So I want to give the last word here today to Trina Scott. You know, again, Mayor Jones has said that the city has beds for those who actually want them. And Trina Scott said this about the mayor's comments. The mayor's lying. <laughs> Let us sleep on her couch. Let's see how she feels about that. Since you, you care so much about where we go, let's go sleep on your porch. I hope she, she realizes that you just made people really homeless. We have nowhere to go except for your jails when we fall asleep on your sidewalks and you want to lock us up. And that is Trina Scott, a resident of that homeless encampment that's been downtown for about five years. They have until May 2nd to get out. Ramona Curtis, I know you're paying close attention to this situation. I want to thank you for joining us today. And will you please keep us posted as, as this continues? I sure will. Thanks. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. 
St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.